Yeah. From God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever had one of those instances where you seem to get the big picture, but then there was something minor, something small on the side that, that maybe you didn't get, but it, it, it ended up being a big deal, but it maybe wasn't at first? It's actually one of the reasons that I actually love the whole Harry Potter series in those books, because when you read the first book, there's all of these random details. And half of them you don't even use. And then when you get to the second book, you realize that there's all these little things that you didn't pay any attention to that turned out were quite a big deal. The entirety of the second book, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but the entirety of the second book is based off of a small point that is made in the first book. Some small point that you just miss. You glance over. You read right past. You got your own examples, I'm sure. Those examples of things that you thought were minor deals, minor points, but yet as time moved on, you found out they were actually quite big deals, quite major points, quite significant things that you just didn't pay attention to, whether it was reading or, or watching a film or, or maybe even in your own life. I feel like today, as we go through this gospel lesson we have something like that that's taking place. We know this story. It's the Good Shepherd text. It's the Gospel of John, the 10th chapter. It comes up shortly after Easter every single year. Now, we don't always get this exact text. Sometimes we get the verses that take place before this. Sometimes we get the verses that take place after this. But it's always within the realm of this chapter called, by a lot of people anyway, the Good Shepherd chapter, for obvious reasons. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. We love this text. We hear this text. We, we, we read this text over and over and over again, and we get the highlights. We get the big notes. As Jesus is talking to a group of Pharisees, he begins to basically dissect things in a series of three different categories. A lot of times dealing with for lack of a better term, the workers in essence. You have three categories. You have, you have the wolf, you have the hired hand, and then you have the good shepherd. Sheep go along a path. They go along a path. They need to get to the end where they are heading. The wolf doesn't want them to get there. It wants the sheep to be scattered, to be spread. It wants them not to achieve their goal. The hired hand, though, he wants them to get there. He wants the sheep to get to the end of the path. He wants them to get to where they belong. But lo and behold, if a wolf arrives, that hired hand isn't sticking around. He's not paid for that. He's just paid to make sure that they don't scatter. If a wolf comes around, that's a threat on his life, and he's not paid enough to take risk for his life, so he's out of here. But the good shepherd is different. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sake of the sheep. He lays down his life to make sure not only that the sheep get there, but in fact, it becomes the very path itself 
He is the good shepherd. And Jesus is the good shepherd. That's easy to identify. Jesus is the good shepherd. He did lay down his life for the sheep. He did die upon the cross for your salvation. He died upon the cross that you would have the very forgiveness of sins that you so desperately need, that I need, that we all need. But what about the others? We understand the wolf too, though, don't we? The false teachers. Those that want to say whatever they want to say, as long as it ultimately scatters the sheep. You see, they're easier to pick off that way. False teachers. Those, those that will say all kinds of things, as long as it gets them what they want. It's not about what anybody else wants. It's not about what Scripture says. It's only about what they want. And we know these. You might not think you do, but you do. You've run across some of those false teachers in your walk of life. Those that can fill auditoriums with people. That know everything just right. They know just the right things to say. But very rarely talk about Jesus. Very rarely bring up scripture. Very rarely talk about the good shepherd. Because they don't care about the good shepherd. They only care about numbers and money. They only care about what they want. They are the wolves. They are the false teachers. But what about the hired hands? The hired hands want the sheep to get where they are going. They want to get them there. They're not necessarily what we would call false teachers, but yet at the same time, whenever, the, whenever things get tough, whenever, whenever life gets hard, whenever things are put in their direction that might threaten their life or their livelihood, the hired hand tends to run away. They don't want to be there for that. And we can get that as well. We can understand that as well, not just in our own lives, but even as we talk about the Pharisees. Sometimes we talk about the Pharisees always as false teachers. But yet there were some Pharisees there that were not false teachers. They wanted the sheep to get where they needed to go. But the problem was, is that wolves came about. False teachers came about. And rather than sticking there and going through the fight, they buckled. And they left. We understand this. Jesus is the only way. Salvation doesn't come through another person, another human being. It doesn't come through some hired worker. Salvation comes through Jesus Christ and him, him alone. But there's something minor in the passage that we probably read right through. In fact, I made it the title of the sermon. Jesus says that there are other sheep. There are other sheep that are out there. And I think for us, we get this, don't we? In the ancient times, it was considered only if you were, if you were Jewish, if you were from a tribe, if you had a certain ethnicity, that was how you had salvation. But we know through the book of Acts, we know through various letters of Paul, that in fact the gospel message went outside of that. And in fact, most of us, if you've ever done Ancestry.com or something like that, and you've studied your own lineage, my guess is, is most of us would fit into that Gentile camp. So we are very thankful that this passage is there. Because it reminds us that we were called 
by the very voice of God to be here, to gather around, to hear his word again and again. We were called by the good shepherd. And that's good news. But it also serves as a reminder for us. It serves as a reminder that we're not the only ones. That in fact, as we venture out these doors, we are called by God to proclaim his word. Because you see, it is in God's word that God's voice is. And in God's voice, other sheep will be called. Yes, we as Christians have been called to proclaim the very gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ even outside of these doors. We are called by God to proclaim this good news. And good news it is that the good shepherd, our good shepherd, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ laid down his life that we would have salvation. It's good news for us, but it's also good news for others. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds 